0: The Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved. And still the Bible stands, totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability. The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires. Predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. And here we are, (laughs) ready and eager even to get into our reading for tonight as we continue through the Minor Prophets of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. In our last program, we finished the book of Jonah and went right on into the opening chapter of the book of Micah, and that's what we'll pick up tonight at verse 10. Micah primarily was preaching to the people of Israel, the northern kingdom, but his message also had a great application to the people of the south. Some preached to one or the other. Micah preached to both kingdoms. Right now, let's get ready for our wisdom and worship segment. We read this great Psalm 135 the first half of it last time, which contrasts the greatness of God with the powerlessness and the absurdity of idols and false gods. We centered in on the true and living God in our last reading. Now in the second half of the psalm, he focuses in on the absurdity of worshiping idols on the Bible life. Psalm 135, 13 through 21. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, is known to every generation. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They cannot talk though they have mouths or see though they have eyes. They cannot hear with their ears or smell with their noses. And those who make them are just like them, as are all who trust in them. O Israel, praise the Lord! O priests of Aaron, praise the Lord! O Levites, praise the Lord. All you who fear the Lord, praise the Lord. The Lord be praised from Zion, for he lives here in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. End of reading, Psalm 135, 13 through 21. We stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he you're listening to the bible Live with sophie dollar back. This is the Bible Live and tonight the beginning here now of a very theological book. A book that tells us a great deal about God and about the redemptive plan. In our day and time, such words as love and hate have pretty well become clichés, society's bywords, emptied of their meaning to some extent. We no longer understand statements that describe a loving God who hates sin. So we picture God as a kind grandfatherly type, a kind of a cosmic pushover. But in seven short chapters, Micah is going to present a true picture of the almighty God who hates sin and loves the sinner. The book of Micah on the Bible Life. Micah 110 through 720. Micah 1. Don't tell our enemies in the city of Gath. Don't weep at all. You people in Bethlehem, roll in the dust to show your anguish and despair. You people of Shafir go as captives into exile, naked and ashamed. The people of Zaanan dare not come outside their walls. The people of Bethazel mourn because the very foundations of their city have been swept away. The people of Maroth anxiously wait for relief. But only bitterness awaits them as the Lord's judgment reaches even to the gates of Jerusalem. Quick, use your swiftest chariots and flee, you people of Lachish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in the sin of idol worship, and so you led Jerusalem into sin. Send a farewell gift to Moresh-sheth-goth. Goth. There is no hope of saving it. The town of Akzib has deceived the kings of Israel, for it promised help it could not give. You people of Marashah, I will bring a conqueror to capture your town, and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. Weep, you people of Judah. Shave your heads in sorrow, for the children you love will be snatched away, and you will never see them again. Make yourselves as bald as an eagle, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. Micah 2. How terrible it will be for you who lie awake at night thinking up evil plans. You rise at dawn and hurry to carry out any of the wicked schemes you have power to accomplish. When you want a certain piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. No one's family or inheritance is safe with you around. But this is what the Lord says. I will reward your evil with evil. You won't be able to escape. After I am through with you, none of you will ever again walk proudly in the streets. In that day, your enemies will make fun of you by singing this song of despair about your experience. We are finished! Completely ruined! "'God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. "'He has given our fields to those who betrayed us. "'Others will set your boundaries then, "'and the Lord's people will have no say "'in how the land is divided. "'Don't say such things, the people say. "'Don't prophesy like that. "'Such disasters will never come our way. "'Should you talk that way, O family of Israel? "'Will the Lord have patience with such behavior? "'If you would do what is right, "'you would find my words to be good.' Yet to this very hour my people rise against me. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trusted you, making them as ragged as men who have just come home from battle. You have evicted women from their homes and stripped their children of all their God-given rights. Up! Be gone! This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of lies were to say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and drink. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. Someday, O Israel, I will gather the few of you who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile. He will bring you through the gates of your cities of captivity back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Micah 3, listen, you leaders of Israel, you are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh off their bones. You eat my people's flesh, cut away their skin and break their bones. You chop them up like meat for the cooking pot. Then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to listen? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. This is what the Lord says to you false prophets. You are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food, but you declare war on anyone who refuses to pay you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, making it impossible for you to predict the future. The sun will set for you prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then you seers will cover your faces in shame, and you diviners will be disgraced. And you will admit that your messages were not from God. But as for me, I am filled with power and the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and might, fearlessly pointing out Israel's sin and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers govern for the bribes you can get. You priests teach God's law only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim you are depending on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. So because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to rubble. A great forest will grow on the hilltop where the temple now stands. Micah 4. In the last days, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem will become the most important place on earth. People from all over the world will go there to worship. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Israel. There he will teach us his ways so that we may obey him. For in those days the Lord's teaching and his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will settle international disputes. All the nations will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. All wars will stop and military training will come to an end. Everyone will live quietly in their own homes, in peace and prosperity, for there will be nothing to fear. The Lord Almighty has promised this. Even though the nations around us worship idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together my people who are lame, who have been exiles, filled with grief. They are weak and far from home, but I will make them strong again, a mighty nation. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, O Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? He is dead! Have you no wise people to counsel you? All are gone. Pain has gripped you like it does a woman in labor. Writhe and groan in terrible pain, you people of Jerusalem, for you must leave this city to live in the open fields. You will soon be sent into exile in distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. True, many nations have gathered together against you, calling for your blood, eager to gloat over your destruction. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plan. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like bundles of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and destroy the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord. For I will give you iron horns and bronze hooves, so you can trample many nations to pieces. Then you will give all the wealth they acquired as offerings to me, the Lord of all the earth. Micah 5. "'Mobilize, marshal your troops.' "'The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. "'With a rod they will strike the leader of Israel in the face. "'But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are only a small village in Judah. "'Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, "'one whose origins are from the distant past. "'The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies "'until the time when the woman in labor gives birth to her son.' Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored all around the world, and he will be the source of our peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and break through our defenses, we will appoint seven rulers to watch over us, eight princes to lead us, They will rule Assyria with drawn swords and enter the gates of the land of Nimrod. They will rescue us from the Assyrians when they pour over the borders to invade our land. Then the few left in Israel will go out among the nations. They will be like dew sent by the Lord, or like rain falling on the grass, which no one can hold back. The remnant of Israel will go out among the nations and be as strong as a lion, and the other nations will be like helpless sheep with no one to rescue them. The people of Israel will stand up to their foes, and all their enemies will be wiped out. At that time, says the Lord, I will destroy all your weapons, your horses and chariots. I will tear down your walls and demolish the defenses of your cities. I will put an end to all witchcraft. There will be no more fortune tellers to consult. I will destroy all your idols and sacred pillars, so you will never again worship the work of your own hands. I will abolish your pagan shrines with their Asherah poles and destroy the cities where your idle temples stand. I will pour out my vengeance on all the nations that refuse to obey me. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Micah 6. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up and state your case against me. Let the mountains and hills be called to witness your complaints. And now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has a case against his people Israel. He will prosecute them to the full extent of the law. O oh, my people, what have I done to make you turn from me? Tell me why your patience is exhausted. Answer me, for I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from your slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Don't you remember, my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to have you cursed? And how Balaam, son of Beor, blessed you instead? And remember your journey from Acacia to Gilgal, when I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. What can we bring to the Lord to make up for what we've done? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer Him thousands of rams and tens of thousands of rivers of olive oil? Would that please the Lord? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for the sins of our souls? Would that make Him glad? Know, O people, the Lord has already told you what is good, and this is what he requires, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Listen, fear the Lord if you are wise. His voice is calling out to everyone in Jerusalem. The armies of destruction are coming. The Lord is sending them. Will there be no end of your getting rich by cheating? The homes of the wicked are filled with treasures gained by dishonestly measuring out grain in short measures. And how can I tolerate all your merchants who use dishonest scales and weights? The rich among you have become wealthy through extortion and violence. Your citizens are so used to lying that their tongues can no longer tell the truth. Therefore, I will wound you. I will bring you to ruin for all your sins. You will eat, but never have enough. Your hunger pains and emptiness will still remain. And though you try to save your money, it will come to nothing in the end. You will save a little, but I will give it to those who conquer you. You will plant crops, but not harvest them. You will press your olives, but not get enough oil to anoint yourselves. You will trample the grapes, but get no juice to make your wine. The only laws you keep are those of evil King Omri. The only example you follow is that of wicked King Ahab. Therefore, I will make an example of you, bringing you to complete ruin. You will be treated with contempt, mocked by all who see you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Micah 7. What misery is mine? I feel like the fruit picker after the harvest who can find nothing to eat. Not a cluster of grapes or a single fig can be found to satisfy my hunger. The godly people have all disappeared. Not one fair-minded person is left on the earth. They are all murderers, even setting traps for their own brothers. They go about their evil deeds with both hands. How skilled they are at using them. Officials and judges alike demand bribes. The people with money and influence pay them off, and together they scheme to twist justice. Even the best of them is like a briar. The straightest is more crooked than a hedge of thorns. But your judgment day is coming swiftly now. Your time of punishment is here. Don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. For the son despises his father. The daughter defies her mother. The daughter-in-law defies her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. As for me, I look to the Lord for his help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord himself will be my light. I will be patient as the Lord punishes me, for I have sinned against him. But after that, he will take up my case and punish my enemies for all the evil they have done to me. The Lord will bring me out of my darkness into the light, and I will see his righteousness. Then my enemies will see that the Lord is on my side." They will be ashamed that they taunted me, saying, Where is the Lord, that God of yours? With my own eyes I will see them trampled down like mud in the streets. In that day, Israel, your cities will be rebuilt, and your borders will be extended. People from many lands will come and honor you, from Assyria all the way to the towns of Egypt, and from Egypt all the way to the Euphrates River, and from many distant seas and mountains. But the land will become empty and desolate because of the wickedness of those who lived there. O Lord, come and rule your people. Lead your flock in green pastures. Help them to live in peace and prosperity. Let them enjoy the fertile pastures of Bashan and Gilead as they did long ago. Yes, says the Lord, I will do mighty miracles for you, like those I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. All the nations of the world will stand amazed at what the Lord will do for you. They will be embarrassed that their power is so insignificant. They will stand in silent awe, deaf to everything around them. They will come to realize what lowly creatures they really are. Like snakes crawling from their holes, they will come out to meet the Lord our God. They will fear Him greatly, trembling in terror at His presence. Where is another God like you? Pardons the sins of the survivors among his people. You cannot stay angry with your people forever, because you delight in showing mercy. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. You will show us your faithfulness and unfailing love, as you promised with an oath to our ancestors Abraham and Jacob long ago. End of reading. Micah 1:10 through 7:20. An offering of love. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. I am in, I am in, but oh, this preaching, this message, 2,600 years old. So often, it sounds like it could be taken right out of today's Internet reports, out of your websites and your news updates. This is our culture, our society altogether. The world has changed, clearly. Society has changed. There are great advancements in technology and in every way. But the human heart evidently has not changed very much. I was mentioning before the reading that Micah, in his book, there's this constant conflict, contrast between the love of God, this agape love of God, the loving without a reason, not because we love him, not because we deserve his love, but he has chosen to love us, desiring the best for us. We have that on the one hand. On the other hand, now, there is this constant reminder of God's holiness, of God's justice. It's a burning, consuming holiness and justice of our God. And so you have these two contrasting and conflicting characteristics right there within the very character of God himself. That's when Micah brings out this wonderful reconciliation How does God reconcile these two great forces without sacrificing one of them? That's where the Messiah comes in. The cross of Jesus, the Messiah, is the point of reconciliation. The judgment of God fell upon him. He who knew no sin became sin for us. An incredible expression of both the justice and the holiness of God and the love and grace and forgiveness and compassion. And what is our practical application? Do what is right. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Micah is a remarkable prophet who shows us the reconciliation between these powerful seemingly irreconcilable differences in the very character of God, his love and his justice. In chapter 4, Micah predicts the end of the kings of Israel. Of course, this was shocking to the people of Judah because they thought that their earthly kingdom, the lineage of David, was going to last forever. But in the very next chapter... Micah shows them clearly that the king is going to be destroyed. Now, Zedekiah was the last earthly king of David's lineage. Notice that Nebuchadnezzar struck him in the face, they punched out his eyes. But then he predicts the next king. In chapter 5, Micah shows that Jesus, the Messiah, would be the next king, and he would be the source of peace in the The nature of God. With Soapy Dollar, Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.